Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can be seated if you want to. I appreciate the richness of the Spirit of the Lord so very, very much. Uh, I know you hear me say that quite often. It's not just a. Um, it's not just something for me to say. I mean it. I really do. I so. I so appreciate the richness of His Spirit. I never want to take it for granted, and I never want to just, um, I never want to just consume it upon my own lust. I don't want it to just touch me so I feel good. I, I want to seek to be sensitive to, and I haven't got that figured out. Something I'm endeavoring to do by the grace of God. I want to be sensitive to the ministry of His Spirit and what He's doing and then engage in what He's doing. Um, I've heard Bishop mention a couple times here recently. He went on a, he says he went on a, I don't know if he called it a kick or what he called it, he went on a stint where he was listening to a lot of Brother Billy Cole a few weeks ago. A month ago, and he references something that Brother Billy Cole said, where he said, "You know, I didn't really." People would talk about all the th- ways the Lord used Brother Billy Cole and the Holy Ghost being poured out all over the earth. And Brother Cole said, "Man, all I did was I just prayed and found out where God was moving, and I just went there and got in the middle of it." And uh, if you ever heard him speak, you. He sort of got a, a jolliness about him. Lots of times he'd laugh. and just, he, he was a little bit larger man, so he had sort of this belly laugh when he'd laugh sometimes. <laughs> and it was, it was really funny, but, but he was serious. He was very serious. He just sought to see where the Lord was working. And, and you know, that's a lesson as simple as that is that we could all learn from. Because the Lord's desire is to work through each and every one of us. There's not a single individual in this room that is excluded from the desire of the Father to work through you as his child. Not a single one of you. And so what we seek to do is we seek to be led by His Spirit so that we can then be where He is moving and involved in what He is doing every day of our lives. This is the desire of God. This is the plan of God. We would like to complicate it. We would like to make it seem difficult. It is not the case. His desire is to work in and through each one of us. You. Put, put your hand right there on your chest. You. 
He's wanting to work through you. And I so desperately feel the Spirit of the Lord wanting this to get into your spirit. You are not called to simply participate by sitting on a pew. I'm thankful that you're here. Please don't misunderstand my statement this morning. You're not called to simply pass time. See, what's happened is man has taken the movement of the Spirit of God and fit it into a traditional box so that we would fall into a pattern of religious duty where we would come to church on a Sunday and worship, and we should. I think there's something about gathering together. It feeds our soul and our spirit. We fellowship with the body. That should happen. I, you understand I'm not finding fault with us coming together on a Sunday, and we be, obviously we believe in that. Um, we should come together as often as we can. Um, but oftentimes we've relegated this coming together on a Sunday to the feeling of His Spirit of God, and I think we've progressed. We understand that as a body where the Lord's moved us. But for all of us here today, I just want to reiterate, I feel the beckoning of the Spirit of the Lord and His design and His desire is to work through us. And oftentimes when we say through us, it's easy to say us means all the other people. And to remove ourselves from that. For whatever reason. Um, in case you haven't figured it out. We're just sort of moving a little bit slower today. I mean I feel great. I could run if I needed to. but Pray with me. Come on, pray with me. The Holy Ghost is here in a rich way. Would you pray with me today? Jesus, we trust in you and the leading of your spirit. We trust in you and the utterance of your voice. Hallelujah. We open our spirit unto you and what you're doing. To hear the things that you would say. That faith would be imparted, I pray, faith that comes by hearing, hearing by the rhema of God. We open our spirit today, Lord. Speak, I pray, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The scripture has been turning in my heart this morning uh, there was there was a thought that I felt like the Lord just put in my spirit early this morning um, it was a word um, I thought I was going to go a different direction today and I probably was but I feel like this is where the Lord has sort of got us at right now um, 
The word was intimacy. Intimacy. I don't know where your mind goes when you hear that word, but intimacy. The scripture that has been coming to my mind since the prayer room downstairs and then sitting here in worship was where the Lord Jesus spoke to Jerusalem, to some there. And he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. And I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, how I've, I've longed to gather you to myself. He used the analogy as like a hen would gather her chicks under their wing. That's a pretty intimate analogy when you think about that. The Lord is saying, I want to draw you close. I want to pull you near. We don't often think of, I don't know, I shouldn't say we don't. It would seem that we don't often think of intimacy with God. The Lord desires intimacy with us. And when we are intimate with God, there is an outflow that takes place because of that intimacy and relationship. Does that make sense? And so because of that time being spent, as a result, there's something that's produced from intimacy of relationship. Would you find that scripture uh, that talks about going into the prayer closet, Matthew 6, wherever it is, you know what I'm talking about. The Lord is desiring intimacy with every single individual in this room. Now, Yesterday, Autumn, could you come here? Yesterday, I had some help from my, is she beautiful or what? That's the answer right there. I'm biased. I love this young lady with everything in me. Her and I have an intimate relationship. Not the way my wife and I, you understand, I'm not being vulgar, you understand. We have a loving, caring relationship. So I had some help yesterday. My son coordinated some things to where today, it's her birthday today. So she's 22 years old. And uh, so yesterday I had my son work to coordinate. And she thought she was working from 6 in the morning until 1 in the afternoon and we got all types of people working, and so I picked her up at 9 o'clock. She only worked three hours, and she got four hours free. But I had a plan. I didn't let her do whatever she wanted. I got her for those four hours. We went shopping. Well, she shopped. I paid. <laughs> we went shopping. We went and had lunch together. We didn't, like talk about anything and I don't know I mean we just were together now I had a list of things I needed to do yesterday 
I didn't get any of that list done. Do I care? Not at all. Why do I not care? Because intimacy with those we're in relationship with is far more important than anything on my list. Now, I use that example. How much more does your heavenly father desire intimacy with you? You got that verse? I'll let him read it. Matthew 6 and 6. When thou prayest. Uh, start at verse number 5. Matthew 6 and 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Leave that up there, Brother Jeremiah, please. You see that? We have... How many of you have heard that scripture before? Raise your hand. You've heard that before. Like, like pretty much all of us. And we've often taken that scripture in terms of saying, well, you know, the Pharisees wanted to be seen, so they were, um, it was about the outward, and so therefore their reward was the fact they were seen praying, and that was it. And, and this is about praying in a way that you're not seen. Okay, I, that fits the scripture. I don't deny that, but there's much more to this than just praying in a manner that you're not seen. I want you to notice the request there. Who's in secret? Who is? Ah. It says, pray to thy father, which is in secret. You're not in secret. He is. You understand. The Lord, in a place of prayer, is inviting you and I, your Father, is inviting you and I into a secret place with Him. That's intimacy with Him. One place in Scripture, just leave that one up there. One place in Scripture says, He that dwelleth in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There is an intimacy that the Lord desires with you and I. And please hear me today. I'm thankful you're here. But you're not going to find an intimacy with God if the depth of your relationship is merely Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings. You'll not find intimate relationship with him 
If there's not something that doesn't happen in mine in your life that begins to carve out a place, a closet that looks for a place that says, this is my secret place with him. This is my place that I go where he is. And, and guess what? He's waiting there for you and I. He's wanting intimacy with you. I, I'm like many of you. I have a smartphone. I'm beginning to think we should start calling them dumb phones. I have two. Isn't that nice? They don't make us smarter. You understand that. I used to know my mom's phone number. I do not know what my mom's phone number is. That doesn't make me a bad guy. I just, I call my mom, but I don't know what her phone number is. It's stored in here. I know my wife's. I don't even know my kids' phone numbers. Well, I know my oldest son's because his is easy. But I, I don't know theirs. It's stored in there. You look at me like I'm a bad guy. Most of you don't know other people's phone numbers either. Brother Lewis, I used to know everybody's phone number. I knew my mom's, my dad's, my grandmother's. I, I, I knew the story. I, I did. I knew the number that you called to hear the time and the temperature. I kn- you guys remember that, don't you? You know what I'm talking about. Anybody remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. I knew all that. These were things committed to me. Now you say those aren't important. Well, if it's my mom's phone number, it is. Well, what's happened, and, and I used to know the way to get places, right? I had, this, I had this epiphany a few months ago. One of my, uh, one of my kids were at, was asking, we were trying to tell him where something was in town. And so I was like, you know, if you'll just go down, I told him the road, and then you'll turn on this road, and it's right there at the intersection of it. And they were like, Dad, I don't know the roads. Which road is that? Which, which one is, right? And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? You don't know the name. I mean, when I was a kid, we knew every road. Like, somebody could just tell me this because I'd lived in town. If you, and I was a military kid. I didn't grow up there my whole life. But we learned the names of streets and roads and where things were. You don't have to do that anymore. You just punch it in your phone. That tells you how to get there. We use GPS to drive around Yakima. How silly is that? How, how many of you do that? Raise your hand if you, you... Come on, be honest with me, please. Look at this. Look, look at that. Stay with me. We're, we're going somewhere. Do you, you see that? It, it doesn't make us smarter. I, I said all that to say this. I get up in the mornings when I wake up. And... Usually when I do, I'll, I'll grab my phone, uh, just I'll take it with me to have in a place of prayer. I can, you know, the scripture's here or something. I can look it up quickly. But I've, I've learned very quickly that having this in a place of prayer, this can become a distraction to me. 
I'll think I need to look at something. I'll think I need to check something. I'll, and what's happened at is it would begin to steal from my secret place. His secret place. The adversary wants to rob you of that place. And the Lord wants intimacy with you. Why? Notice what the scripture says. Pray to your father, which is in secret. You know, that says it says communicate with your father. Which is in secret. Talk with your father, which is in secret. Let your father talk to you. You talk with your father. Let your father talk with you. Get rid of somebody said, I think Brother Lewis started there this morning. Get rid of every distraction. Get everything else pushed out. What are you saying? You're saying all that matters in this space is my relationship. I'm spending when when I carved out that time with my daughter yesterday, I was like, you know what? I'm invested in this relationship. This relationship matters to me. I I value this relationship. I want to spend time in this relationship. I want to do some things here. The Lord is wanting intimate time with you and I. And what happens is when we spend this time with him in his secret place, in his secret place, notice what it says. You, he will reward you. How? Openly. Now that reward, we must be careful. We better not cross over into thinking in the natural when we see that word reward. Because this is a very spiritual thing that's being spoken of here. A secret place with the Father. And this secret intimate place with the Father, when we're out, once we're, we step out of that place, the reward that's open is a reward that glorifies the Father. It produces something. What's produced? It's produced in the closet. It's produced in the secret place. It's not produced out in the public eye. It's not produced in some place of, well, let me show everybody what I'm doing. It's produced in a closet of prayer where there's intimacy of relationship with the Father. And then when you step out of that closet and you begin to go about your daily life, what was done in secret... What was produced and fostered and fed in the closet of prayer with him. It begins to manifest itself. That's the reward. That's the reward. The reward is when the father begins to manifest himself through you. When he begins to show up through you. When he begins to touch lives through you. Brother Lewis, I can't produce it. You can't produce it. I mean, we can learn some things to do, but that doesn't produce it. The only thing that does it is a closet of prayer with him. And the Lord is inviting you and I to that place. What do you have to do to your schedule and your calendar to deepen that relationship? And is it worth it? Sort of a rhetorical question, isn't it? Would you pray with me again this morning?
The Holy Ghost is inviting you somewhere. The Holy Ghost is inviting you. The Father is reaching to you and saying, I'd like this place with you every day that you live. I'd like this place of intimate fellowship and relationship with you. I'm willing to set aside time to pull you close to me. I'm willing to invite you into a secret place that I have. I'm willing to draw you there. And not only can you talk with me about anything and everything that's on your heart, but if you'll come and be willing to push distraction aside, I'll talk with you. I'll speak into your spirit. I'll give you answers for the things you don't understand. I'll bring healing to the places that are broken. I'll bring ministry to the places of confusion. I'll drive out fear. I'll bring in the things that your soul desires if you'll be willing to come into this secret place with me. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. See, I don't know what someone else's closet of prayer looks like. And far be it for me to judge that. But this is what I know. We have the scripture in Acts. I think it's in Acts chapter 4. Probably around verses 16 or 17 or somewhere in there. Where... We have the apostles that had, it was Peter and John, of course, that had, in chapter 3, they had walked into the, were going to the temple to pray, and the man was sitting by the gate asking for alms. Peter and John said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And the man, they took him by the hand. He lifted him up. He went with them dancing and leaping into the temple. And so this has happened, and there's a lot of noise about that. And so we move into chapter 4, and the religious leaders of the day have gathered, brought Peter and John before them, and they're questioning and bringing some probing questions, trying to understand by what power, by what name have you done this? And they're asking these questions, and Peter and John, of course, say, you know, it's by the Lord Jesus Christ that this was done. And it's in Acts chapter 4, they're still having this dialogue that's taking place about all of that. And the religious leaders are concerned. Thank you, that's the one. The religious leaders are concerned by all of this. And Peter and John, you may remember, are just fishermen. They weren't learned and educated men. They were fishermen. They weren't biblical scholars. They weren't Pharisees. They weren't scribes and lawyers. Lawyers, of course, in the Scripture speaks of those that were versed in the law, the Old Testament law. But these religious leaders says when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were ignorant or unlearned and ignorant men. Notice that was their perception. 
That was the perception of the world. They perceived. That's not how God perceived them. That's how the world perceived them. The religious leaders perceived them. But Peter and John had intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter and John had a place of fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter and John had a personal abiding relationship with God. And so these religious leaders, when they saw them, regardless of their perception, they marveled. They marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Guess what? This is not some deeply revelatory deal here. If you want people to know you've been with Jesus. You know how you can? Just spend time with him. Then you won't have to tell anybody. Just spend time with him. And you won't have to tell anybody. If you and I. Will purpose to spend time with him. It won't take long. Before everyone begins to know. Why? Because when we let him. I so feel him drawing today. I so feel he's. I don't know if he's just reaching to one of you. Or if he's reaching to many of you. But I feel the father inviting. I hear the father beckoning. I hear the father saying. Would you come into the secret place? Some of you here, you got so much going on in your mind. You're wanting God to fix and answer and, you're, and the enemy's trying and your own flesh is pulling you. And how would today that all of that would be silent in the name of Jesus and that you would hear the call of God that is inviting you into a secret place with him. Where he will begin to dispel all the noise. Where he will begin to give answers and understanding to the things that you're searching for. Where he'll begin to give direction in your life that you felt like has no direction. Where he'll begin to give hope where you think there is no hope. I'm telling you today, the Father is beckoning you. And he's telling you, I'm in a secret place. And if you'll come, if you'll change some things, push some things out, shift your schedule however you have to. But he's inviting us into the secret place with him. And there in an intimate place with him, he'll begin to pour into your spirit. It's the desire of the Father. For each one of us. Because if he can get you and I. Into that place. He can manifest himself. Day by day by day. I've been reading. I haven't exhausted it. I got a lot more to go. It's an interesting study. 
We may teach about it someday. I've been reading about the fear of God in Scripture. I'm not reading any another book on it. I'm about the fear of God and the fear of the Lord. I believe it's in Ecclesiastes that the Scripture says that this is the whole duty of man to fear God. I think it's in Deuteronomy that the scripture says where the Lord was speaking through Moses and said, this is what the Lord requires of you. The first thing he says is that you fear God. We can read in the book of first Corinthians, I think it's the seventh chapter in the first verse. Of course, chapter six talks about all the things of the flesh that we should overcome. But then chapter seven starts with talking about now how we're living, and then it says to perfect holiness. Chapter 7 talks about the promises, because chapter 6 ends with saying, if we'll separate ourselves from the world, then he'll be our father, and we'll be sons. I think that's the last verse of chapter 6 of 1 Corinthians, and then chapter 7, verse 1 says, because we have these promises, that then... I guess that must be Second Corinthians, where he talks about we would actually perfect holiness. Holiness is separation unto God. We would perfect holiness in the fear of God. When we spend time in a closet of prayer, it will develop in you and I a fear of God. I don't mean like, oh, I'm scared of God. You understand that's not what it's speaking of. I think I can tell you my children had a fear of dad. Now, not that they thought I was going to end their lives or anything like that. Not like they try. Like, now, every once in a while, you know what their fear would do? It would cause them to avoid me. And I knew when they were avoiding me. And when they were avoiding me, what did I do as a dad? I just let them avoid me. Not a chance. I mean, they would like that. Now, every once in a while, I would. I knew they would, and I would just like, I'm waiting. I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm praying. And I'm waiting, and I'm praying. I'm going, God, you know exactly why they're doing what they're doing. I'm praying, let your spirit grip their hearts. I prayed that in love. But I knew. But I wouldn't just allow them to avoid me very long. I mean, did they think I was going to take their life or something? No, what? What was it? They had a fear of dad. It was a, a reverence and a respect in the relationship. We understand that, right? When they, and you know where they learned that fear of dad at? When they were about that tall. It started early. It started real early. Why? There's something about having the fear of the one in authority... Not a dread, not a, not a, I just don't want anything to do with them, but a, a reverence and a respect 
and an understanding that that authority and what it can do in their life. And such as it is with God, when we have a fear of God, we have an awe and a reverence and a respect of what his authority can do in our lives. Now, that's a, a thing to avoid and be afraid of and tremble at if, if my life is one lived contrary to his word. But when I understand how much he loves me and the authority that he operates in my life, then I run to him and I want that, but I still have this godly fear. I don't get casual in my relationship with him. And so you say, how does that work? Where does the fear of God come from? I believe it comes from a closet of prayer. It comes from a place of intimacy with him. And when we're intimate with him, what happens? He starts revealing who he is to us. He starts revealing his nature to us. He starts revealing his character to us. And as he reveals himself to us, we find ourselves in awe of our Father. And we realize how much he loves us. I want you to stand with me today. Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name would you let him draw you to himself today well, it's very personal with him would you let him draw you to himself today in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, come on, let him draw you near, let him draw you close, let the spirit of the father draw you as his son close, as a child of God, would you let him pull you, come on, there's not a single one in this room that's exempt today, every single individual under the sound of my voice the Lord desires to draw you close. Come on, you're never going to be satisfied with anything less than what he desires for you. Nothing else will fill it. Nothing else will satisfy it. Nothing else will meet the need. He is the answer. It's found in him. Would you let him draw you close today? Would you purpose any place, any area where you've kept him at arm's length or pushed him away would you allow him to reach in come on he's not going to hurt he's not going to harm he's going to heal he's going to restore he's going to minister to your spirit and your life if you'll let him do that come on this altar's open to you today would you reach to the father let him reach into your spirit in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. If it helps you to turn your pew into an altar, then do that. But would you get along with him right now? Let him impart some things into your spirit. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Well, it's a work that he's wanting to do this morning. He'll let you have a taste of that secret place here today. 
so that it would cause you to desire it again and again and again. In the name of Jesus. Come on, there's some of you here today. You had a closet of prayer, but time and the cares of life and all of those things that come have distracted and robbed you. Purpose today by the work of the Spirit of God. And in response to His call, that you'll restore that closet of prayer. That you'll restore that place where you can be with Him and He can be with you and can have fellowship one with the other. And that His Spirit would minister into you. And as you go out, His Spirit would minister through you. Come on, it's found there in the secret place. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.
to that place, Lord, to that secret place where I can be with you. You can make me like you. Wrap me in your arms. 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 Wrap me in your secret place where I can be with you. You can make me like you. Wrap me in your arms. Wrap me in your arms. Wrap me in your arms. So take me to that place, Lord, to that secret place where I can be with you, you can make me like you, wrap me in your arms, wrap me in your arms, wrap me in your arms, wrap me in your arms. 
la mando lobokoshi tiarara maye kiatahaya ila mando rokoshi tiarele di aratahaye in the name of jesus 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 Praise God. Why don't you stand with me this morning, if you would. Praise God. Praise God. It's important to know there is no substitute for the closet. no substitute and I know I'm talking to many many of you that have a closet of prayer I'm thankful for that we can't fulfill the will and the work of God in the earth without one let me say that again we cannot fulfill the will and work of God in the earth without a closet of prayer. Now, understand today, the Holy Ghost is not trying to leaps, heap something of guilt on you. So if you're feeling that, that's not the Lord. The Lord is drawing you to himself and inviting you to a precious place with him. He's inviting you to a precious place with him. And so respond to that. You say, well, where do I even start? Start at the start of your day. Because otherwise your schedule is going to get full. You're going to get busy and you're going to have the best intentions, but you're not going to get there. Anybody ever done that? And so start Start in the closet. Find that place. Set it aside for him. And don't go, you know what? I'm going to start setting aside two hours every morning. If you haven't had a closet of prayer for some time and you do that, you're going to get in there and you're going to fall asleep or whatever. But just, and I'm not trying to put a time on it. Matter of fact, I'd probably challenge you set an alarm but also pray Lord if you wake me up I will get up and I'll go to the closet of prayer and I would be surprised if you didn't get woke up the Lord will wake you this is how intimate a relationship he desires. My wife will tell you, some of you heard, I haven't used an alarm in probably 25 years. I just purpose I get up when I wake up. Now that means I get up at some goofy time sometimes. But if, 
You know what? There's something that happens. Man, I so feel the Holy Ghost wanting to draw us into this place with Him. He's wanting this with you. Individually, He's wanting this with you. This will sound goofy. Maybe. But some of my favorite times are when I wake up And usually when I wake up, I'm awake. Everybody's not that way. I understand that. I'm not faulting it. But when I wake up, this is, if I wake up with flowers and I look over and it's like 2.30. And I am excited. As goofy as that sounds. Because I'm like, you know what? I don't have to be at work till 8. And for whatever reason, I'm awake at 2.30. Now, don't make fun of me if you call at 9.15 and I'm in bed already. You start getting up when he wakes you up, you'll start going to bed sooner. That's just a little side note. That's from Brother Bailey, not me. Would you be willing to go into that? Let him take you where he's wanting to take you. Right? And purpose to go there empty. I'm not going to go there with my list. I'm going to go there to spend time with my father. I want to go there to fellowship with him and him talk. with. Take your Bible in there. And if you just have it on your phone, get a book. And you're like, well, how am I going to keep up with? Set your alarm on your phone and leave it in another room. Do, do something to get distractions out of the way. So that you and him are alone together in his secret place. And I promise you, there will begin to be things take place in your life, on your job, people you interact with. It's all the result of a closet of prayer. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. God bless you today. You're dismissed in his beautiful name. Greet somebody before you go today. Amen.